Hello everybody, FPL teacher here, bringing you Everton nil Leicester 2. The match that threw everything into the air in terms of away wins simply because while other matches were influenced by red cards and whatnot, here we see Leicester completely outplay Everton 2-0 and we will look who we'll look at who's shown and we will look at what issues Everton will continue to have moving forward even though they played relatively well at home. Frank Lampard's 4-3-3, this time elected to start Dwight McNeil instead of Anthony Gordon on the left side, which meant that, first and foremost, a lot of play favoured the right side because the Marae Gray remains their brightest spark in attack. Secondly, Alex Iwobi also tended to drift towards the right side, and this shifted Iwobi into a roaming playmaker as a number 10, leaving Idrissa Gay as well as Andandu Nonana as the two central midfielders. Now, it's been said before that Ghana, yes, I'm going to call him Ghana instead of Gaye, is central to everything good and bad that befall Everton. So, in th this particular match, at Goodison, we saw Onana drop deep, being a short pass outlet for Ghana here. And as it stands, when the ball arrives at Onana's feet, his priority is still to find Alexi Wobi between the lines instead of being at the same line as him. So the passage of plays that have been successful for Everton basically go Ghana to Onana, Onana to Iwobi, Iwobi to DCL. And this particular passage of play was extremely laborious. That's the key word here because Everton had a lot of attacks that did not break forward at speed until they were 1-0 down. Call it an experiment or perhaps a deliberate play to bring the best out of Alex Iwobi, but Iwobi did eventually deliver in terms of shots and assists, where he continued to play DCL twice for really good chances while arriving late into the box himself to reach the end of crosses supplied by the left side. The nice thing about Everton at home is that the individually, their players are capable of doing more. Alex Iwobi, for example, doesn't only become a number 10 that doesn't defend as a second striker. Instead, he actually helped press Bubaka Somare off the ball in order to instigate yet another attack for DCL. The FPL potential for Everton with their final game against Bournemouth lies in speed. Similar to how Leeds broke them down by basically out-sprinting them, Everton here do have a couple of players that can run at full pelt from a dead start. Damari Gray is the first name on the team sheet that should be considered instead of Alexi will be away from home if you are looking out for a one-week punt. While subtly, Jordan Pickford away from home has been racking up a lot of saves based on the way Everton give the ball away from home and with Bournemouth playing a relatively deliberate strategy aiming for number 9s, you can at least foresee the likes of Tarkovsky and Conor Cody battling with them in the air, allowing Pickford to make more saves than usual. Leicester, who usually line up as a 4-1-4-1 with a single defensive midfielder, this time round, playing away from home, had Tielemans operating on the same line as Bubaka Soamare. Now, this had two implications. Number one, they defended as a 4-2 block, challenging Everton's three central midfielders to come forward, leaving a lot of space behind them. Secondly, with two defensive midfielders, it meant 
that there were three attacking midfielders, Harvey Barnes, James Madison, and Kevin Dewsbury Hall, Kieran Dewsbury Hall, sorry, all exploiting the space left behind. And the first instances of this happening fell for KDH. So Dewsbury Hall in between Everton's lines had a lot of space, way more space than he thought, and he played the likes of Madison, Patson Daka, and whatnot, all in for early chances himself. Now, Kieran Dewsbury Hall has a slight issue in which his lack of decisiveness in front of goal makes him an FPR option that is a scorer of great goals, but not necessarily a great scorer of goals. And that's why he has the price tag of 5 million as a midfielder. So really the question comes down to whether you foresee him scoring high quality wonder goals, similar to what Tillemans did for the opener here, or would you rather invest in someone like James Madison for an extra 3 million who will constantly be in the chances as he became more and more prominent throughout? So a word has to be made for Patson Daka, who now comes into the fray as the likes of Tony, Mitrovic and Osir Edward all become increasingly unpopular. In this particular case, for Leicester, his running basically were prioritised to be down the flanks, almost as if he were replicating Jamie Vardy's runs, to be honest, as he elected to take a lot of shots from tight angles. Now, The more shrewd pick, as usual, would be Harvey Barnes, as he did not only remain as the wide option, he was also the receiving player, crucially, of counter-attacks. And this is where Leicester really thrived, because Leicester in this match generated a lot of the chances by winning the ball off Everton's midfield, breaking into space, eventually finding Harvey Barnes. With West Ham recently conceding two goals against Wilfred Zaha, this is certainly Harvey Barnes' territory if you are looking for a matchup waiting to be exploited. With both teams having away matches before the World Cup, it's important to state here that in a one-week face-off, Anomalous results might happen. The fact that 6 out of 10 games were won by the away side, not drawn, won by the away side, shows that it is possible for stronger teams with relatively solid players with improving form to take advantage of what their players are doing right to capitalise. James Madison, right now, is the star of the show and it would be definitely not beyond surprise if Madison delivers again against West Ham who are starting to lose momentum. This is FPL Teacher Speaking, who will reveal the big game starting with Chelsea Arsenal up next.